0: Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford and I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. The Inside Scoop is a podcast dedicated to helping parents learn about the soccer pathways that would be available to their child if they lived in another city around the world. This week, we traveled to Dubai and talked to a young man who is pursuing his dream of becoming a professional footballer in Dubai and ultimately playing in Spain. It was a detailed conversation that I found informative. And his personal story was also uh, an inspiration to me. So I'm sure you'll enjoy it. If you haven't checked out that podcast, please check out this week's show on um, on Dubai. Anytime Soccer Training is a website that we've created that will host over one thousand one hundred percent follow along videos. And so if you haven't if you haven't joined Anytime Soccer Training yet, I want you to picture this. You log in. And then there are all these modules that are divided into skill areas, ball mastery, juggling, a 1v1, turns, figure eights, five-star dribbling, conditioning, two-cone drills, all these different modules that cover all the different scare areas of individual skill development. And then when you click into a module, each module has a lot of video series. And those video series... Or sort of broken in broken down by skill level. And so it gives an opportunity for a child to start from step one and kind of work their way through the entire curriculum. And that's why we have thousands of videos because we introduce skills, two or three skills, no more than four skills per video, and they build on each other. So if you haven't checked it out, please go to anytime-soccer.com and collect a few uh, free videos and and that way you can see what it's all about. And I can't um, emphasize this enough that this is a great tool that you can have in your pocket to supplement what you're already doing. And if you're a coach or trainer out there and you think this could be something that would benefit your clients because we have... We have clients that use it at home and kind of work with their coach or work with their trainer. Then email me at Neil, N-E-I-L at anytime-soccer.com. And I'll talk to you about setting up some free accounts for your for your clients so they can test the product out for a year just to see if it's something that you want to add to your um, existing offerings. So that's Anytime Soccer Training, and thank you for listening um, to the Inside Scoop. And now we're going to go on to the tip. And i was—I got to be honest, I was a little hesitant to provide this tip, but I think it's something that may be able to help a few folks out there. But the reason I I am hesitant to provide it is because this tip actually came um, as a result of an error, a mistake I was making and if you guys remember this um in a previous podcast we talked about that there are two big buckets of parents that overlap there are parent trainers people who work with their kids and believe in deliberate practice and then there, are you know parents of youth sports players or youth soccer players and and we all as parents and as people make mistakes and there's some parent there's some mistakes that are specific to working with your child at home And then there's some overarching mistakes that affect us all. Well, I used to make one of these overarching uh, mistakes that it's very common in youth sports. So part of this podcast is just a PSA to say, as we start going back to returning to play, we're returning to play in many states. Please be cognizant through my journey of one particular mistake I made. And yes, I'm going to share a tip because this podcast is an open book. This may or may not help somebody. Uh, and then it's also an opportunity for public consumption. So our coaches and trainers and club directors can hear this. And then we can start having a conversation about it on my, um, well, not my, on our Facebook group, Anytime Soccer Training Facebook group. So what what? let's start with the mistake. I used to give my son, my son, my older one, um, advice about the game or talk about the game in the proverbial car ride home and if i didn't do it in the car ride home i would do it some other time later and you know we know now or at least i definitely know as i got more and more educated about the impact of parents on youth in youth sports and how we can sort of screw things up we know that's generally a not not a good idea right Best case scenario is neutral, which is rarely the case. Worst case scenario is you uh, turn something an experience is supposed to be fun into something that's stressful and you don't really even get any gains out of it. So since then, I have stopped doing that. And but back then, uh, I think my son was around U8, U9 at the time. I justified my behavior. And this is another part of the PSA that many times we as parents rationalize certain behaviors um, that we're doing um, that are wrong but we rationalize them in order to keep doing it, doing them and that's not even good I rationalize my behavior by saying to myself anyways oh the coaches are not that good or the trainers are not that good in this case it was the coaches because they're not giving this instruction I have to step in and, and do it and I'm here to tell you as it relates to the game especially the game, that is a rationalization for bad behavior. And, and I don't think parents should use that rationalization or justification to interfere with their child's enjoyment of the game because the enjoyment piece is supposed to be paramount to anything else. Okay, so now that we've established that, let me talk about what I did and how I came up with this tip and then let me talk about how I would use it now if I had to. And again, I'm not even you. I don't even know. I'm so I'm, I have mixed feelings about this one, because if there are 100 people listening to this and they're probably not. But if there are 100 people listening to this, this tip may help one person. This is not something like an action item you should do It's maybe something you should start thinking about as a way to sort of communicate to your to your own particular player. So here we go. All right. So my son at the time um, associated his how well he played with the number of goals he scored or whether or not the team won or lost. So in other words, if if he scored goals, then he thought he played good overall. And if his team won, he thought he played good overall in the for the most part i'm generalizing but that's basically how it worked out and no matter how well he played if his team lost he thought oh i didn't play well and no matter how well he played if he did not score goals he thought oh i didn't um i didn't play well And so as a parent observing it, I was like, no, there's actually more to playing well in soccer than just the outcome of the game or whether or not you score goals or not, right? But he just really couldn't understand that. And so then I had to take a step back and say, okay, well, man, how in the world can I um, explain this to him? Uh, in a way that he he will get it and so then i start thinking about again and folks who listen to this podcast know i'm a management accountant so i start thinking about okay what are ways i can measure this for him and then folks who also have listened to this know that you know growing up i was a big baseball fan because my dad was a baseball coach and so in baseball you know that they keep stats and that's part of the baseball culture and it's it's big part of baseball, right? So batting average, on-base percentage, you know, strikeouts and earn runs and ERA and, um, you know, on uh, sorry, errors and, and that kind of stuff. They keep a staff at everything. Well, they didn't really do that or they don't do that. They didn't back then for youth level, especially the kind of level I played at, not in general. But surprisingly, we had... It was one of my fondest memories. And I guess one of the most formative memories I had was we had one parent when I think I was in about junior high school. And this parent took it upon himself to keep our stats. And he didn't do it. He was a very nice guy. Um, He didn't do it like from a corrective perspective. At least that's not the way he presented it to us. He did it almost like the way a parent who volunteers to bring extra snacks to the game does. He looked at it more like, you guys, I'm going to treat you guys like you're in a big league. So it's almost fun for him that he kind of looked at it like, yeah, literally, like I'm going to give you guys the same things that the big leaguers get and and you can have fun with it. So he literally would watch the games, take our stats, put it into some kind of spreadsheet, print it out and hand it out to us at the next game. And it was just a fun thing. But what that did for me anyways, is it really, really improved my game. Not because of any particular training that I got, I didn't get any extra training, but now I was mentally cognizant of the different aspects of my game. So I remember like it was yesterday, my um, batting average increased, because I was not just swinging wildly at you know various pitches I really paid attention and was really concentrating on what I did and my on base percentages increased I made less errors you name it the moment that he started explaining to us that he was measuring it and again this guy was super nice so it was no pressure in that regard I just took it upon myself to think about it and to concentrate even more and that stuck with me all the way up to um adulthood and i just again i just can't that was actually the first time i had seen anybody print anything out other than academics print anything out and present it to me or in the team you know in that format and that just really really stuck with me and i think may explain why um part of why i am the way i am today so fast forward my experience professionally as being a management accountant which we talked about and then that experience said to me you know what I'm going to keep some basic stats for my son and I'm going to use those to help illustrate to him that, you know, there's more to the game than just, um, than just scoring. And I knew his person, and there's a couple of things I knew about my son, um, before I did this, I knew his personality. So in some respects we are similar. He just likes to know what do I need to do? How are you going to measure it? And I get on with it. And that was his, that's his personality. And then I had been training him for about two years. So he was supremely, um, technical at the time. So, so I knew he could handle it from a, from a functional perspective. So I wasn't asking a new person to think about this other stuff. He was really, really, really technical. So, um, I knew he could handle it in that regard. And so, Here's what I effectively did. I I got a grid and I drew out on paper. I said, "Listen, these are some of the things that people look at when they're evaluating a player, right?" At least this is how I would how I explained it to him. So I said, "Listen, you get a point for how many passes you complete. You get a point for how many times you dispossess someone else from the ball, and we talk about what that looked like." You get a point obviously for how many goals you score. For each goal you score, you get a point for each assist you make. You get an a point. You get a point for and then we would add some more advanced things that we're working on for every time you switch the field. So you receive the ball and you pass the ball to the other side of the field or every time you do a through pass. And so, you know, I would show him what that looked like and he kinda of process it. And And then you got a negative point, though, for every time you lost the ball on the dribble. So you trying to dribble past people and you lose the ball or you got a negative point for the times that you were dispossessed and you didn't hustle back to get into position and that kind of stuff. Right. And then at the end of the game, we tally it up and at least I would tally it up and we would see sort of where you were at and needless to say the other parents thought i was completely crazy and i probably am completely crazy they didn't think i was crazy because um because they didn't understand exactly what they did what i was doing they just saw that i was writing stuff in a notebook and they were like what is he doing so i i never i never really explained it to them whatever they thought i know they would think i was crazy so i never really went through detail and explained it to any of them uh, maybe one and he was like, oh, OK, I see. And then some parents from the other team thought I was a scout. And they would come up to me and say, oh, you a scout. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I'm just doing something very weird. And then they would kind of go away. So, you know, again, this is and I say all that to say this tip is more for just public consumption. And I know my coaches who are listening now are like, see, this is exactly what we're trying to keep our parents from doing. I am so glad you um, share this so that I can go back and use this as a, an example of the craziness out there in youth sports and that's fine too because that's what I want as well I want to have a a dialogue about you know I want to be an open book about some of the most extreme things I've done so that um, yeah we can talk about the details and talk about uh, you know the impact that it has on our children so I'll I'll take the hit on this one now in terms of the results however now my son's game drastically improved. I mean, to the parents that were watching and probably the coaches, I could kind of tell, they thought he was just, just just had this soccer IQ that was off the um, scales. And it's hard for me as an adult to know exactly what was going on in his head, whether he connected the dots on a soccer level or he just thought about it as, I'm earning points. But, You know, he was very judicious with his um, passes and he made sure that he completed his passes. He would open up and switch the field because and then the thing and the way I would do it as well is things that were a little bit harder, like switching the field or through pass or or, or things that were less intuitive, he would get two points for. So he was very intentional about. Getting the ball and playing it to the other side, and then his work rate increased, and he was less likely or to lose the ball on the dribble, which some of our coaches are going to see. See, we want him to take risk and that kind of stuff, and we can have that conversation because I kind of put this stuff into sort of the field into certain boxes. So when you're in the final third, um, you know you do what you got to do. So he wouldn't lose a point for losing the ball in the final third. He would only lose a point in this particular case. It's probably way too much detail if he lost the ball in the dribbles, you know, some other place. And so, um, yeah, it just his game just really, really improved. And then over time, he began to internalize this stuff. And as a matter of fact, over time, we stopped doing it because he got older. And I'm, when I say over time, maybe six months. So we did it for a half a season or a season. And then it just wasn't necessary. He he didn't care. And, and I didn't care enough to continue to do it. And, and it probably, like I said, it probably wasn't even a positive thing to do in the first place. So we stopped doing it. But boy, it really, really, really uh, improved his... Um, he really improved as a result of it. And so... That was a way as well for us to have a conversation. And and again, in retrospect, I learned I don't talk to him about a specific game anymore, but that was a way for us to have a conversation about what I was seeing and what he was seeing and what he was thinking and what I was thinking in a way that kind of removed me from the equation. We looked at the paper now from a practical perspective. Uh, again, he would have all these the, the, from a practical perspective perspective, let me say, the cars were stacked in his favor. So there were like 20 or some ridiculous amount of things that he could do to earn points and only one or two things that he could do to lose points. So he always ended with a net positive score. As a matter of fact, he would get into the car and he would want to see his stats and then he'd want to talk about the game in the context of the stats because it would always be a positive experience for him. But what he did see is the better the team, the harder the stats were. So if he played a team that wasn't as strong, he may have positive 30 but if he played a team that um was pretty difficult he may only have like a positive six or seven so then we could kind of talk about what that looked like and so he was really into it he he really enjoyed it and like i said it got to there became a time where it became old for him and old for me and i stopped doing it and especially as i started educating myself on the role of the parent and in sort of youth sports in the game and not wanting to do those negative behaviors i really stopped doing it but um yeah we, he really really found that um helpful for a short period of time and it really really improved his game so in conclusion do i recommend this probably not maybe if there are 100 people listening to this maybe there which you're probably not but if there are 100 people listening to this maybe one person may find this appropriate especially at the older ages but i would like to pose a question to the to the group, and something we can discuss on um, Facebook, Anytime Soccer Training Facebook group is, you know, the, assuming it's age age appropriate, and maybe you are the coach, or you're the parent coach, or you are the coach, how do you communicate to your child or to a player the other aspects of the game? Um, and then how do you measure it, and how, you, how do you help it sink in? I actually don't I don't know exactly. And so that's something that I'd be interested in hearing. I know that folks in the video space, video games, and they talk about it. And that's sort of what we did when I played basketball and American football. Um, But I would love to hear, I mean, that's been dinosaur years ago. So I would love to hear how people are doing it now, especially considering that for better or worse, our children are entering the competitive space a lot earlier um than we probably did so I just love to hear how you how you do that or if you just don't do it at all until a certain age so again this is neil crawford with anytime soccer training thank you so much for listening again reach out to me at neil n-e-i-l at anytime-soccer.com if you'd like to be on the show you have something to share you or you're a coach or a trainer and you, you're interested in um, testing out the product to see if it was a good fit for your clients for free or you just want to um, get some feedback any feedback is appreciated so you can email me or you can also find our contact information at anytime-soccer.com thank you so much for listening let's get better together